0: Okay, let me just take a few minutes, cut all that out of there, and just refresh your memory. Since last week I was sick and Brother Ames came and spoke, we put a pause on our series that we're right in the middle of, which is Healthy Disciples, Making Healthy Disciples. Let me just refresh you. Remember that statement comes from our vision statement. Our vision statement for Marshall Assembly of God is that Marshall Assembly of God will strive to be a life-saving station of healthy disciples, making healthy disciples. That's our vision statement. That's where we want to set our goal and keep striving for. Our mission, how we're going to get there, is by loving, healing, and restoring in the name of Jesus. Through this series, we're going to look at the four different aspects of discipling, which is love, liberate, lead, and launch, and not launch like they showed you, but launch it, we'll talk about And we won't talk about it next week. James is going to speak. I didn't want to push that back. I like using that monthly potluck for um, somebody other than myself to preach, which I'm just so excited to hear James speak next week. So then that following week on Communion Sunday, we'll finish this series up with launch. So the first week, love, we talked about that In order to be a healthy disciple, I must, one, love God first, and two, love others. Not like them, but love them. This is our first and greatest commandment, and we we can do everything else, but if we don't do that, it doesn't mean anything. Love is the fuel that keeps us going, doing what God has called us to do, motivating us, driving us, and as long as we keep our love tank full, we will be passionate, focused, tenacious, faithful, and healthy disciples. And we began a love revolution. And how many of you have handed out one of those bags yet? Have you handed out? Oh, come on. <laughs> we cured all. we solved homelessness and by just carrying bags. Uh, I did go ahead and put together 12 more bags back there. Um, go searching them out. I, I don't know, maybe it's just my vehicle. They just kind of attract them, but I can't seem to keep it uh, one in my vehicle. I'm always giving them away, um, and no, not to the same person. Yeah, follow me. It's always that corner over there by the mall. I always see people over there. Um, right by McDonald's here, which right now with the car construction going on, maybe the Homeless guys are pushed, but they're almost always at this on-ramp, off-ramp over here in Marshall. And then, of course, whenever I go to Lansing, I should take a whole box of them with me. But everywhere you go, have one of those Love Revolution bags with you, because we remember we read in James 2 that you can um, tell them you have faith, you can tell them all about Jesus, but if they're hungry and you don't meet their need, your faith is useless. Um, so feed them. And we put words in there, so it's going to feed their spirit, too. So we're feeding them, feeding their spirit, and helping them get a little clean body, too. So the second week, we talked about and we focused on liberate freedom. Our main point was that we cannot go on to lead others into freedom that we are not living in ourselves. Freedom is a choice that only we can make. I shared with you my thoughts on the Shawshank Redemption movie. I, I like that movie because there was a character in that movie that even though he was up against two life sentences, he kept holding out hope that he wasn't going to be in there forever. And his, he breathed, befriended another inmate, and he kept sharing with him, when you get out, go look for this. And he kept offering hope to him, and his friend was thinking, you're crazy, you're crazy. Well he didn't realize that for 20 years he had been digging his way out of that prison one spoonful at a time. And he had that dirt in his pockets. He would put that dirt in his pockets and carry it out into the, the playground area, what do they call that, the, not playground area, whatever, it's recreation area, I don't know, outside, out to the courtyard and dump that grass, or that uh, dirt out there into the grass. And he was able to hold and offer hope because he was tasting freedom for himself. So if we're not tasting freedom for ourselves, it's hard for us to communicate freedom. It's hard for us to communicate hope to other people. So we first have to taste freedom. We learned that there was two simple choices we must make to live free. One, submit to God, and two, resist The devil. That's according to James 4 7. Submit to yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, and you will live free. Today we're going to focus on leading as a healthy disciple, making healthy disciples. John Maxwell said the call to leadership is a constant pattern in the Bible. When God decided to raise up a nation of his own, he didn't call upon the masses. He called out one leader, Abraham. When he wanted to deliver the people out of Egypt, he didn't guide them as a group. He raised up a leader to do it, Moses. When it came time for the people to cross into the promised land, they followed one man, Joshua. Every time God desires to do something great, He calls a leader to step forward. Today, he still calls leaders to move God's people, big and small. So don't sit there and think, I can tune out because I'm not a leader. Brenda, you can talk to everybody else. Every Christian is called to be a leader. And you are leading. But where you're leading people is what I want to talk about, too. Jesus' commissioned, commanded us to go and make disciples. Remember, Paul declared, follow me as I follow Christ. Christians are leaders. You are leading people, either to Christ or away from Christ. So let's look at, I've got lots of scriptures for you this morning, so if you can't keep up, write them down, look at them later. But let's look at how we need to be leading. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. This is how we need to be leading. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. called the believers freedom if you've got a title above yours mine says the believers freedom it perfectly fits our last point about living in freedom starting down at verse 23 it says I have the right to do anything you say but not everything is beneficial I have the right to do anything but not everything is constructive no one should seek their own good but the good And then he goes on to describe an application in the context of their time. At that time, it was about food that was being offered to idols or, or not to idols and what was clean food and unclean food. So let's just look at that together. Verse 25, eat anything sold in the meat market without raising a question of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. But if an unbeliever invites you to a meal and you want to go eat whatever is put before you without raising a question of conscience either. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in a sacrifice, then don't eat it. Both for the sake of the one who told you and for the sake of your conscience. I'm referring to the other people's conscience, not yours. For why is my freedom being judged by another's conscience? If I take part in the meal with thanksgiving, why am I denounced because of something I thank God for? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. But do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God. Even as I try to please everyone in every way, For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. And then Paul continues on into chapter 11, verse 1, and says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Today's point, a healthy disciple accepts their responsibility in being a leader who can be followed. You have a responsibility. People are watching you. You are a leader. Where are you leading them? It's not about seeking what you want to do. It's not about seeking where you want to go. It's about those that are following you. So look over in another scripture. Turn with me over into 1 Peter chapter 2. God called us to be a great leader. Since God first called me way back when, way back when, my prayer has always been, God, make me a great leader of great leaders. I want to empty me of myself that God can have his way through me that I can help others step upon my shoulders and go farther than I ever dreamed I could even with God and launch them farther, farther ahead. God calls us to be leaders that others can follow. 1 Peter chapter 2, look at verse 11 there. Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the unbelievers that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Look down at verse 15. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as sin, as, live as God's slaves. Live as God's slaves. Verse 21, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. As a leader, we need to accept responsibility in two areas. As a leader, we need to accept responsibility in two areas. First is we have a responsibility to those we are leading. We have a responsibility to those we are leading. Surrender those things that might be okay for you, but could cause somebody else to stumble. It's like, I, I love riding a motorcycle, but there's a difference when I'm riding my motorcycle by myself and when I'm riding in a group. When I'm riding in a group and they put me up at the front leading the pack, there's a difference in how I ride. I slow down. I take the corners slower. There's hand motions so they know which way I'm going, so they're preparing ahead of time. But when I'm by myself, I go ahead, I don't speed. I go a little bit faster, I don't speed though. I take the corners a little bit faster, I can well, I can you know change my mind at the last second and go right instead of going left, whatever it is. But there's a responsibility when I know people are behind me that I need to slow down, let them know why I'm turning right or why I'm turning left and not going right why I'm going slow around this curve, because I know that there's another detour coming up. I need and I have a responsibility to those I'm leading. Think about a mountain climber. There's a difference between a mountain climber who's up climbing the mountain all by himself. If he's up by himself, he can, you know, just go. But if he's got others he's responsible for below him, He's going to set his little, I wish I knew all their technical terms, I don't, but they're little grasping hooks. He's going to set them a little bit deeper. He's going to make sure the rope is tighter. He's going to go ahead and take his time and, and he's going to you know, reach for the, the bigger rock to hold on to and not the easiest one. He's got a responsibility. We have a responsibility for those that are watching us, that are following us. We have a responsibility to blaze a trail, your life. We need to blaze a trail that others will want to follow. Your life should be intriguing, interesting. It should illuminate something other than anybody else. There should be something different about your life that people are interested, intrigued in. Why are you different? That's our responsibility because we're following Jesus. Do you think crowds would have surrounded him if he was just like everybody else in his days? No, they sought him out because there was something different about him. They wanted, they heard. He's living, he's looking, he's talking different. He's miracles? What? We need to blaze a trail that others will want to follow. We need to make sure we know where we're leading them. We need to be leading them to Christ. Let me just ask yourself this question. And you can can think about it in your workplace. You can think about it in your families. You can think about it with your friends. But ask yourself this question. Has my friendship or my involvement with that group brought them closer to God? If not, where have I been leading them? I'm looking around the room and everybody's a Christian here. Tony Dungy said the secret to success is good leadership. And good leadership is all about making the lives of those around you better. Better. Are you leading them closer to Jesus? Because you're called to be a leader. It's your responsibility. And second, you have a responsibility to follow your leader. If we aren't following well, we can't lead well. I mean, did it inspire you if you ever heard your parents say, don't do what I do, do what I say? I couldn't stand that. I remember my mom and dad both smoked when I was growing up after they left the church. I think even when we was in the church growing up, I don't remember. But And I remember them sitting at the kitchen table, smoking away as I'm standing outside the house because I wasn't allowed to smoke in the house as a teenager, and she'd be, I don't you're smoking why are you smoking Brenda I don't know why you are smoking and I thought oh yeah you know don't know why I'm smoking I heard that growing up don't do what I do do what I say that doesn't work you can't use that as a Christian either you can't say all the right things and think that they're magically gonna be what you are not You will reproduce who you really are. And as a matter of fact, there's an old saying about parenting that what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. As a leader, that's true as well. Whatever you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. And as a matter of fact, in my life, growing up with my parents, my parents weren't drunks. They did the social drinking. I turned out to be an alcoholic at a very, very, very young age. And I would steal or hurt people whatever it took to get my next drink and then it wasn't enough I would have to do drugs and then that wasn't enough and everything so what you do in moderation you got to think the people behind you maybe they don't have that discipline to cut it off like you can at whatever it is if it's listening to whatever, doing what, I'm not even going to try to point my finger at anything. Whatever it is. To just kiss on the cheek, maybe they want to, you know, whatever. You just don't let your mind go all over there, but whatever you do in moderation, the people following you, your children, will do in excess. You will reproduce who you are. <laughs> Remember Paul said follow me as I follow Christ. That's our responsibility to follow our leader. So let's how do we maintain a lifestyle of a healthy disciple leading others in becoming healthy disciples? Turn over to Luke chapter nine. This is how we maintain a lifestyle of a healthy disciple, leading others in becoming healthy disciples. Luke chapter 9, look down at verse 23. This is Jesus' red letters in your Bible. Then he said to them all, Jesus said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, and yet lose or forfeit their very soul. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. A healthy disciple, leading healthy disciples must, number one, deny themselves. We read it earlier in 1 Corinthians 10.33. For I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. It's not about us. It's by our actions that we either lead people to Christ or away. And it is our responsibility as Christians to lead them to Christ. Matthew Henry said, We must. Prefer the salvation and happiness of souls before any secular concern whatsoever. That's love. Take up your cross daily. Now, I've read that a hundred, hundred times, hundred times over and over. Take up your cross. And as a matter of fact, I've gotten into a, a few discussions about what that means. I mean, do we literally carry around a cross with us like Jesus did. And some people don't well it's your Bible. Oh so pick up my Bible and carry it. Well I don't know about that. What what is it? What is it? Well for me I was asking God, tell me God, what you know, take up your cross daily. Jesus said that. Take up your cross daily. His cross was his mission. That was his mission, his purpose. God's plan for his life was the cross. So when he says, take up your cross, what's your plan? What's the purpose God created for you? Pick it up daily. You need to be working to fulfill the plan that God has created for you daily. Your life is not about a paycheck. Your life is not about a house. It's not about just maintaining, or being happy, or the next event, or the next whatever, or reaching your 50th anniversary since you're just trying to get through your 25th anniversary, you know? It's not about the everyday mundane things, in and out, punching the time clock. That is not it. Your cross that you need to pick up daily is that plan that God said I wrote out for you before I even knit you together in your mother's womb now do you think God put pen to paper and said Lauren I'm creating her to punch a time clock at nine o'clock and out at five and do laundry and and fold clothes and no yeah I believe that's part of it I believe that's something we just have to do it's like breathing we just have to do it But there's a plan, there's a purpose that's greater than that, that you need to work toward fulfilling daily. Pick it up daily. God, what is it you want me to do today when I go and punch my time clock and go to work? What do you want me to do today, God, as I fold laundry? What do you want me to do today as I go to Fine Arts Festival and judge 150 kids doing a five-minute sermon and in and out? and, And what do you want me to do? Let me just tell you something, God's wanting to use you every minute, every minute, in some of the strangest ways. God also is trying to talk to you, move you, and direct you in little mundane things even. And I'm not going to share all of them because you'll really think I'm strange, but in some of the things, like yesterday, as I'm getting up, was it yesterday, Friday? Friday night, I was getting up away from the judge's table, and I grabbed a granola bar they had sitting on my table, and as I'm grabbing it, I thought, why am I grabbing it? It's going to be there tomorrow, and stuck it in my purse, and went back to the hotel room, and anyway, blah, 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 getting all ready, and Cassie's like, hey, what do you, you know, and in the morning, we're getting ready to go back, I had to be back there at 7 a.m., I was looking at my purse, and I'm like, oh, i got to get stuff out of there. And I took out that granola bar and stuck it in my suitcase. And the minute I stuck it in my suitcase, I felt like, you know, I didn't say, who's God telling me? I just felt like, put that back in your purse. What are you doing? And I thought, I don't need that in my purse. I'll just stick it in my suitcase. I got back to the church, sat down at the judge's table. I'm like, our snack basket is gone. Cassie didn't want to take me for breakfast. She's like, oh, you can grab breakfast there. Well, they got there, and the line was too long. I didn't have time to eat any breakfast there, so I had to get right to my room. I sat down at at my room, and the snack basket is gone, and I'm like, oh, great, my stomach's growling. It's quiet in there when there's just one kid preaching. And I'm thinking, this is great, I'm starving. So I started texting Cassie between, and I'm like, girl, hurry up, get back here, bring me some breakfast. I'm starving, and all of a sudden, thought came to me if you would have kept that granola bar in your purse and so i just sat there and i'm like oh god you just you just tried to help us all day long and there's you know i could tell you six seven eight more stories that just happened this weekend of little things like that that god is trying to speak to us every day little things go here go don't stop at that gas station stop at this one well why you, know, you don't even know it's God speaking to you. Don't neglect that inkling, that, that drawing, that speaking. And you're going to see God wants to have his way through those folding laundries, washing the windows, punching in the time cards. But you have to work daily in picking up that cross, Picking up that purpose, God, you know you have more for my life than making a paycheck. I know you have more for my life because God did not put pen to paper writing the plan and purpose for your life to be anything but spectacular. Miracles happening, lives touched and changed. Through you. But you have to choose to take up your cross, your purpose, your plan, daily. I read a post that came across my Facebook the other day. It says, is what you're living for worth Jesus dying? Is what you're living for worth Jesus dying? Is what you're doing in your everyday life worth the sacrifice that was made for you. Follow. The third is follow Jesus. Follow Jesus' example. We read this earlier as well, too. First Peter two twenty one. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Here it is again. You have a responsibility to follow well, knowing others are following you. A healthy disciple accepts their responsibility in being a leader who can be followed. That's our responsibility. To be a leader that others can follow because you're leading them somewhere where are you leading them I just ask you to close your eyes right now as I'm closing out the service I just want us to just search our hearts just to take in this message that God is trying to share with us today am I taking my responsibility to be a healthy disciple seriously Am I denying myself? Am I not trying to seek what I want to do, what things I can do? And am I searching what's best for others? Am I thinking about the ones that are following me? Am I taking up my cross daily? Am I working daily to fulfill the plan, the purpose God has for my life? And am I following Christ well? In order that others can follow me? Am I taking responsibility for leading others to Christ? I had you ask earlier Is my involvement with Whatever group you want to think about, your friends, your family, your, your workplace, wherever, it, is my involvement with them leading them to Christ? You know. Nobody has to tell you. Hmm. If it's not, just start. Just pray right now. Just where you're setting. Just, just pray to God. Just, just ask Him. Just confess to Him, God. I'm sorry, God. I find it so easy to just kind of blend in with the crowd, to just go with the flow when I'm with my family or when I'm with my friends. It's easy just to blend in. God, forgive me. I know that I haven't been standing up and being the leader that you've called me to be. (laughs) You, You placed a light inside of us. That's supposed to shine brightly in the darkness, and yet we keep it veiled and wrapped and covered in this flesh of just complacency. Forgive us, God, Forgive me, God. Help me to shut off that, that veil. Help me to shut off that jacket, that cloak of complacency, to stand up and shine bright and be the leader that you've called me to be, that you've called us to be, that we follow you well, Lord, that we serve you, deny ourselves, that we pick up our cross daily, that we follow hard after you, knowing that others are going to be following us. They're always watching us, God. Help us to choose their eternity over our own eternity. How selfish that we're concerned more about where we're going to spend eternity and not where all the 50, 60, hundreds of other people that have watched our lives are going to end up in eternity. Forgive us, God. Oh, God, help us be moved by your compassion, with your compassion for others. Lord, that I wouldn't cause anyone to stumble. But, God, that I would blaze a trail, a path, that that would intrigue them. That there's something different about my life, your life, our lives. That they want to know more. They want to follow God. They want to follow Christ. Because I know you. I know you, they'll say. Your life isn't perfect. You have troubles. But why are there always Happiness and joy in your life and peace in your life. What's different about you, they'll say. Jesus. (laughs) I can say, Jesus. Follow me as I follow him, and you'll experience that peace. You'll experience that freedom. You'll experience that joy. Follow me as I follow Jesus. Help us accept that responsibility that we're not living this life for anything but the souls that are following behind us and our responsibility to lead them to you. You'll take care of us. We don't have to worry about us. We don't have to worry about ourselves. We don't have to worry about the troubles that we seem to always be facing. God, you'll take care of all that stuff. It's just the enemy trying to stop us, detour us, tear us down. We're not going to be distracted by the enemy's devices any longer. God, we look hard after you. We set our faces like flint towards you, God, and we will blaze a trail for you that others will follow to you. Let our lives... Our lives honor your sacrifice. Let's just spend this last couple minutes just wherever. If you want to stand up, stay at the altar, kneel at the altar, pray. I don't want to close too fast because I want to allow you time to talk to God to spend time with, to refresh, re-energize, get that that tenacious spirit about you that will strengthen you and help you. Every week you should be at the altar. Fill me up, God, because you can pour me out all week long. Fill me up again, Lord, because I'm going back out again. Let's just spend time right now. Just do that. Just do that. And I'll come back up and close in a few minutes. I've been praying this morning, this weekend. Yes, God, that you would anoint the Word, but it's not the Word alone that will change lives. I don't want to deliver a message that, that people will just enjoy. God, I want to preach a message that's God's Word that will pierce the hearts. And I know that it only happens with God's anointing, God's Spirit, and your surrender. Good words are just good words. Unless you open up your heart and unless you let God reach that Word and put that Word down into your heart and into your life and then if you surrender to that Word and to Him and let Him empower you, fill you, then you can take that Word and change your life and the lives of others. But that's you. That's you. That's me. That's our choice. God, I just ask right now that We just, by your Holy Spirit, just surrender to your word, surrender to your spirit. God, let this word sink deep into our hearts that we would apply it to our lives. By your Holy Spirit, have the strength to walk it out. Stand up as leaders that you've called us to be. That we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. God, let us, let us be leaders that others can follow. Help us to follow you well that others can follow us well. God, let us be great leaders of great leaders. Let this church be a church of great leaders making great leaders, healthy disciples making healthy disciples who make healthy disciples. Have your way in our everyday life that we are fulfilling the very purpose for which we were created. Keep our ears open to your leading and guiding and directing every minute. Every day in even the most ordained things or ordinary things. You ordain even the most ordinary things if we just open up and listen to you and follow you well. Have your way. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say, Amen.